Chuck Shoot Podcast. How's everybody doing today? Hopefully good. It's uh, been a while since I've had an episode. Um, I actually got a little bit of a story about that, or a rant, I guess you should say. Uh, but first off, I do want to uh, mention we do we are going to have Brandon Gibbs on today. Um, so he should be calling in pretty soon here. Um, if you haven't heard our last, uh, I don't know why I keep saying R and we, it's just me. It's just me. Uh, my last uh, eight episodes, check those out. I've had, I had Lee Pereira, a Phoenix-based musician, uh, does kind of bluesy soul rock stuff, really good stuff. Um, he performed live, um, and we had a, an interview, and then I also recorded a couple of the songs, uh, put them on YouTube. Um, same thing with Eddie Eberly, Phoenix-based musician. Um, actually, we had like five songs that he did, uh, two covers, three originals. Uh, it's all on my YouTube channel, so if you go to the Chuck Shoot YouTube channel, you can see all that stuff. Um, I also recorded a clip of the Donnie V interview that I did uh, with Donnie V from Enough's Enough. Um, great story that he told about taking a horse through a Burger King drive through So check that out. It's pretty funny. Um, good interviews. So check out my old interviews. Um, yeah, we were going to have some uh, more interviews, but uh, people just flaking is, is what's going on. And I've noticed that's kind of a trend. Um, I don't know if that's just society now. I don't know if it's always been that way, and I just never noticed. But it is weird that uh, people are so f- seem to be so flaky these days, uh, not only with podcast guests, but, I mean, if you look at trying to apply for jobs, you send out so many applications, and, you know, most people just don't respond, and that's fine. Um, that's the same with podcast guests. If I, you know, I send out, you know, 20, 30, 40 invitations, probably most of the people that I'm reaching out to or feel like they're too big to do the Chuck Shoot podcast, which I understand, that's fine. Um, so you're just not going to respond. Okay, great. Don't waste my time. I won't waste yours. Um, if you had the time to reply and tell me why you don't want to do the show, that that would be awesome. But that would be like going above and beyond. I don't really expect that. I mean, but the thing is, is if you say like, yeah, maybe I'll do it. And then I prepare and I get all ready and then you, you don't do it. Um, that kind of wastes my time. Or if you say, yeah, I'm going to do it, and then I reach out, and then you're like, oh, sorry, I was busy. You reply three days later, and uh, that kind of stuff is just it's driving me crazy. And I think, um, talking to other people, I think it's not just, um, like I said, not just podcast guests, but you know, you're applying for jobs or you know, dating with girls and, and those kinds. Of, uh, hopefully it doesn't happen with your friends and family as much, but sometimes that happens too. So I don't know. That's just my... Uh, not to get too preachy, but I feel like people just need to be direct with one another. Is that so hard? Is that such a hard thing to just say, if you don't want to do my podcast, if you don't want to date the person, if you don't want to hire them, just tell them. And then if you can even take the time to tell the person why in a nice, positive way, you know, you don't want to be an asshole about it, but if you can give them a straight answer, wouldn't that, wouldn't that just make the world a better place if we could just be straight with each other and honest with each other but, and direct? But in, in a respectful way, is that is that so much to ask for? I don't know. Maybe 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 it is too much. <laughs> but anyways, I am excited. I try not to dwell too much on the negative. I'm trying to be grateful for the guests that we've had. I've had some great guests on here, and I'm really excited today to have Brandon Gibbs. Um, so if you're tuning in to listen to that, he'll be on shortly. Um, Brandon Gibbs, if you don't know who the hell he is, um, I didn't know who the hell he was until about five years ago. Uh, but there was a super group that was formed. Uh, it was a the bassist from a band called, called Cinderella, the drummer from a band called Poison, and the guitarist from L.A. Guns. Um, and these three bands, L.A. Guns, Poison, and Cinderella, were three of the biggest rock groups in the 80s. 
So when I found, and I, I was a fan of all three of those groups. So when I found out there was a super group formed with those, the three of the members of those bands, I got really excited. I was like, oh, wow, that sounds awesome. Um, and then, but the third, the fourth person was, uh, was this no name guy. I never heard of Brandon Gibbs. Who the hell's Brandon Gibbs? I don't know who the hell this is. Um, checked out the song. I think the first single was, it might've been all my people. Uh, and I was like, wow. Okay. Yeah. This dude can sing. And, uh, I think he, he plays guitar. I don't know if he played, I think he played maybe rhythm guitar in Devil City Angels, but uh, his songwriting and his singing, top-notch. Guitar playing's good, um, top-notch as well. Um, I think, I got to ask him, because I think he does the solo on his new single. Um, but he fronted that Devil City Angels band, and they were great. I never did get to see him live, unfortunately. I missed it um, when they came here. But definitely, you know, he fit right in with those guys. Because, again, you, you, I'm going, who's this guy? And, and now I know who he is. And it turns out he's been in the music business for a long time. He actually started in like 2000. Um, so he had been in the in the business for like 14 years, started at a very young age and opened for all these major bands like Creedence Clearwater, Peter Frampton, Jeff Healy, Kansas, Poison, Cinderella, all this stuff. He played with the, a couple of the guys in Cinderella in a band called Cheap Thrill that kind of did covers and um, I think maybe some originals too, but um, had been in the, again, had been in the business for a while Um before the Devil City Angels, that was kind of his big break, I think. Um, but then since then, I think that band has kind of been—I don't know—you'd say call it inactive or uh, quiet. And so he's now he's uh, branched out into his solo stuff, and uh, I'm excited. He's got a new single out. It's called Rain Whiskey, and so I'm definitely going to ask him about that. And I'm sure I'm assuming there's going to be an album coming out too. Maybe this is just the first taste of it, but um, the single's great, and so we're going to talk to him about that and talk to him about you know, his history and playing with all these bands and opening for all these people and kind of what happened with the Dev Devil City Angels because I did really like that band. I never did get to see him live, but um, I did like the one album that they put out. And um, so we'll definitely have to ask him about that. And the future's bright for this kid. I think he's, uh, he's, a, he's a younger guy. So a lot of those guys that the, in the Devil City Angels, you know, a little bit older, he was kind of younger. And um, so I think he's still got a, a bright future ahead. I think there's a lot more music to come from this kid. Um, and maybe some uh, more super groups, or maybe he'll get back with Devil City Angels. I'm not sure, but we'll definitely ask him about all those things. So just hang on tight, and uh, hopefully he'll be on the line shortly. Hello. Okay, hello. Oh, hey, oh, oh there we go. Let me get you. Are you on now? Hello? Can you hear me? Yeah, there we are. Sorry, technical difficult. Every time, for some reason, it goes the wrong thing. How you doing, Brandon? I'm doing well. Is it is it Chuck or Charles? Chuck. Yeah, it's a Chuck Shoot podcast. Uh, yeah, my email says Charles, but yeah, it's Chuck. Okay, I just didn't want to call you the wrong name by accident. Oh, no, I, <laughs> so I appreciate that. Chuck. Yes, yes. Yeah, all right. Gotcha. How you doing? Man, I'm doing really, really well. Um, I'm at... Uh, home now the last couple of weeks i did uh, some work in the on the west coast and um had a good time and i'm home right this minute and just working on day-to-day -day, uh things with my label and i uh, wanted to make sure we we got in touch i appreciate you reaching out to us yeah i appreciate you uh following up with me so yeah let's just start at the beginning so you're actually uh you were born in quincy illinois but you grew up in uh, iowa near the the Quad Cities, I guess that's what it's called. Davenport and Bettendorf. And, is that right? Very, yeah, very, very close. Um, like uh, the southeast corner of Iowa. For, we, we're actually from Burlington, Iowa. That's where mm -hmm. I kind of grew up. Burlington, okay. Fort Madison, Iowa area. Awesome. Uh, born in Quincy. And 
I don't know, proud Midwest boy. I moved to Tennessee a while back, and and after um, we got our first record deal, I decided. Well, after we got our first record deal, almost then was when my daughter was born, and uh, so I decided that we would move closer to where I uh, closer to where my parents live and brother and sister, so we could. Uh, well, just be honest, so we could have, so I could have some help. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Time time. Yeah, no, it makes sense. So, but so, yeah. yeah, you grew up in Iowa. Um, you started playing guitar at eight. Um, and so it's interesting uh, because, you know, I got to know you from Devil City Angels, but it looks mm. like your musical influences were more kind of blues and, than rock. You actually really like Stevie Ray Vaughan, Allman Brothers, Eric Clapton, Jeff Healy, Hendrix, B.B. King, right? It wasn't until uh, yeah. later that you got into stuff like Poison and Stone Temple Pilots and... Uh, really, uh, you know, my uh, my influences were Almond Brothers, Stevie Ray, BB King. I mean, I was just hooked on the blues, and um, I absolutely love. I still love the blues. You know, my first uh, my first show was at um, one of one of the greatest guitar, Peter Frampton. You know, right. and uh, so I mean, I I was just obsessed with the blues, and um, when when it got time to start uh, really looking at what do I want to identify as. Uh, as a songwriter, I went uh, just a little bit of a different direction. And um, my uh, twin brother, <clears throat> he was always more of a rock guy, rock metal guy or whatever. And and uh, so just all of a sudden we combined the influences and I started opening for bands like Poison and, um, and you know, all, all Cinderella, all those guys. And so I just kind of took it all in and just said, well, I like rock, I like blues, and, and I like songwriting. And the country a little bit has to has some songwriting. I have some country influences, influences as well, old school country that you know they storytell and um, uh, so I just took all three of those things and uh, and it just kind of it feels natural to me. Yeah, it sounds natural too. Absolutely, it sounds like there's a lot of soul and um, uh, emotion coming from your songwriting. Um, so and I think uh, uh, so. Actually, you started when you were 13. One of your first shows was this your very first show or one of the first shows? You uh you played blindfolded? Can you tell us about that? Oh, <laughs> well, okay. So when I when I say one of my first shows was with Peter Frampton, it's not altogether accurate. Um, but we we did the uh, and and did after we did a lot of the bar circuit. Yeah. For you know four hours a night when we were you know uh, eleven and twelve years old, we had we had done that. Uh, as many people that would let us play, you know, because we were underage and whatnot. Yeah. But. Um, it's funny because the same festival that we played with Peter Frampton the year prior they had us at the south end of that festival on I guess what would be considered a smaller well a lot smaller stage but that stage opens up early in the day and um, the local bands and things would play there and so we did that and for whatever reason we decided to do the last song uh, sorry if it's loud I'm I'm trying to walk away from the noise. Whatever reason, uh, the last song was uh, we decided to do blindfolded. And the next, well, the next year, they inquired about having us back, and we just assumed it'd be the smaller stage again. Yeah. And they said, "Oh no, no, no! You're doing, uh, you're doing the big one. We like your work." And so uh, that's really kind of how all that happened. Did, no. So was it just you playing blindfolded, or, or did the whole band play blindfolded? <laughs> It was me and my uh, my twin brother. Your brother we had okay. that band, yeah, the Gibbs the Brothers, and yeah. So we that, had these two high school friends come out and just yeah. I mean, just <laughs> that's interesting. I don't know why. I thought um, 
it was interesting when I was doing the research, because see, when I just first heard you about, about you, the Devil City Angels, but you'd been in the mm-hmm. business for like 14 years, and you guys started that band in 2000 um, with your brother, who's like, he's like a really flamboyant drummer. And Now, is he a police officer now, or is he back in music? No, he's a, he's a full-time police officer. He's a sheriff's deputy now. Okay. Um, he We disbanded in 2010 or okay, 2011, yeah, yeah. something but like that. Does he ever come back but, and just play with the solo stuff, or...? Uh, yeah, actually, he was my, um, I was with Michael McDonald and Alice Cooper um, last year, I think it was, wow. and uh, I invited my brother to come out and, and sing, and, um, you know, he's still, he's, he's crazy talented, and yeah. he always will have that, he's, he's a natural when it comes uh, to drumming and rhythm, and uh, so it's one of those things, you know, he, he can uh, I let him, as his brother, I let him pick and choose which ones he wants to come and do. Oh, that's um, cool. And we kind of cater to his schedule, and, and it does him good because he, uh, you know, when when he quit the band, um, you know, we were we had been going for a long, long time. And, uh, uh, you know, I don't know if, if he wasn't seeing the light at the end of the tunnel or, mm-hmm. or what. Uh, right. It was time to, it was time to regroup, and unfortunately, instead of regrouping and and maybe taking a break. Um, it, it, we just went our separate ways. I'm I'm real proud of him though. He's yeah. He's a good man, and, and uh, he's a little bit of a comedian too, isn't he? I saw some of his YouTube stuff. It was pretty funny. Oh, he's a fun. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's a he's a lot of a comedian. I always okay. tell him that he, I always tell him that he missed his calling. Uh, yeah. I try to get him to do it occasionally, like professionally, or open up a show, even if it's one of my shows or something <laughs> stuff because. He's uh he can impersonate anybody. Oh really? Uh, within minutes of being around him, and so like I funny story we were in the Lake of the Ozarks and you know I decided that I was gonna buy our uh, our family like a you know a pontoon boat thing for the day so me and him are in this office and and there's a former police officer retired police officer that's running this jet ski boat rental place and he had a real strong like Wisconsin accent and like as soon as we pull away from the thing my brother is talking just like this guy in in character of this guy (laughs) to the and i i instantly knew who the hell he was doing but my family they weren't in the office when i was paying for it they had no idea and i'm not kidding you i hit the deck of the boat laughing because it was instantaneous uh like he transformed into that that guy (laughs) you know so yeah, he's a, he's a hoot. I love the I love impersonations. It's always great. So yeah, so you. But anyways, getting back to the band. So you open. You guys open for, mm-hmm. for uh, Creedence Clearwater, Peter Frampton, Jeff Healy, Kansas, Poison, Cinder, all this stuff. So this was at a really yeah. young age. So did you ever yeah. think? Did you start to develop an ego at that point? Start thinking you're better than everyone else because these kids are out studying algebra and going to pep rallies, and you're getting to play on stage with some of the biggest bands ever. Did you get a big ego? I mean, I would. <laughs> Uh, I, you know, I hope we didn't, um, uh, <laughs> cause you know, I would I, rub I, that I in people's faces if it was me, if I had that kind of talent. Well, you know, the thing, the thing is, it's like, I mean, we were, you know, it, it was good for us. I mean, we yeah. had a, we had a lot of luck as they say, but there was also hard work in that, Sure. but it was different for us because as kids, you know, the other kids had homecomings and, and the football games and prom and all that, all those exciting things. And we literally couldn't relate to them. Uh, because, you know, when the weekend would come, we would be with, you know, Kansas or somebody like that. And, right. Um, 
and so we actually had a difficult time um, making friends like in the community or hanging out with people that were not necessarily, you know, that didn't kind of know what we already did. Right. And so, so that was kind of tough, you know, missing a few, a few of those, those uh, high school moments. And, so you, you feel like you uh, kind of missed out on some of that stuff. I personally don't feel like I'm, I mean, I knew what I wanted to do <laughs> yeah. right away. I'd rather be in your uh, shoes personally than the, yeah. I did the other <laughs> stuff. You I didn't miss anything. Do. The other rest of high school sucked. So, but, yeah, well, I just knew, I knew what I wanted to do. Yeah. And, and, but I also knew that there was, um, there was a huge difference in personality, sure. uh, from, from like I dated my next door neighbor and, and she was big into school sports and things like that and uh you know anytime i would go out with her to parties or whatever like kids didn't know what to say to me or how to um how to you know because we just didn't i i was not interested uh in the same things that they were you know cars uh, we could talk all day oh, okay. but as far as the games in school i was just well I, i'm a guitar player and i would be happy to tell you about what i did you know a few nights ago but mm. it's almost like that you know it it's almost unbelievable like at that point, you almost feel like you're name dropping about what you're actually doing on a day to day basis, and so you had to be careful with that because you could right. you could tick some people off. Like, well, yeah, I just you know, I scored a touchdown. Well, I played to ten thousand people last night. <laughs> it's like, you, you win, know, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you win, but you also don't want to you don't want to uh, you know make them feel like they're right. less than because exactly. they're not. It's no. just what we just decide to do with yeah. our lives. Just different, yeah. So so during that time, like you said, you're not even twenty one. So you're not even allowed into some of these venues, but are there, are there drugs yep. and alcohol flowing backstage for you guys? Was it, was it raining whiskey, so to speak? Is it, or is this, uh, uh, well, you know, I will say this, everyone that we've worked with, to be honest with you, have really been mature. Sure. And uh, you know, the, 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 there's a reason that these big names that, that we've worked with are still big names, you know, Ario Speedwagon is still, and, and a lot of it's because they did what they did in the early days and then they moved on. And mm-hmm. so we kind of got in the sweet spot of where everyone's grown up and professional for the most part. Um, you know, him and I were curious with drugs and alcohol, I guess. Uh, not, not like hard, you know, we, we would like any other kid would smoke pot or whatever. But really, the the thing that we just enjoyed was crack. I mean, we enjoyed the taste of having a cold beer before you play mm. the show. Um, but it never really, That's what you I know, like it too, never really taste. was a pinnacle of you know what we. It wasn't a ritual, right? Well, and, because I think a, a lot of the bands that you you played with, they probably already gone through their party phase. A lot of those guys at this point, they've had to clean up because they're they're old. I mean, you can't be they can't be partying hard if they're in their fifties and sixties usually. So. Exactly. And, and we found out, you know, if if we, if we turned it on real, you know, or or had a hotel after party, uh, the next day we kind of felt bad, uh, Mm, that we, you know, we're so damn rowdy. And, and, and one of the, and the other thing I'll say is that one of the reasons we got so many of these opportunities is because we knew, you know, early on our parents, as ornery as we were, when we, when we were at work, when we were working, uh, we stayed out of everybody's way. We did our show and you didn't see us again. And so that's why, uh, you know, minding your P's and Q's in a professional manner, you know, there's time to cut up and trust me, we still do, Mm -hmm. but you know, we want people to walk away going, okay, you know, Brandon and Brent or the Gibbs brothers at that time were a pleasure. Yeah. You want to be invited back next year. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Yep. 
So, yeah, so then um, you did that solo album. Um, this is even before the Devil City Angels, Into the Ocean. And ESPN mm-hmm. actually picked up that one of your songs, This Town, which I think they, they play on. It was like the, not NASCAR, but some sort of car racing. It was like they kept – it was a repeated song, right? You, did you get Yeah, a, it was the uh, NHRA. It was NHRA, Bradbury. sorry, yeah. So did you get a big mm-hmm. cut for that? or I mean, is that like a big moneymaker still, or was it um, – I mean, it, it, I mean, from – you know, to be honest, I have never – I've never really dove into my business as far as what we make here and what we make there. Yeah. I know that we've always been fine, so I can't tell you what. Uh, thankfully, we've always been fine. I know that that was a good one for us. It was us. a good one, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I could give you a ballpark. That's pretty I, lucrative. I, I, that's a lucrative thing. Because I, ha- I talked to somebody last uh, a couple weeks ago, and he, he was a musician, and it's interesting how they do those. So he, he said they picked eight of his songs for TV things, but it's, they don't get paid until they actually use it. Right. So they actually used your song though. They used the, um, it was funny, Courtney force, uh, her, you know, she's with the famous John force racing team. He's, mm-hmm. uh, she's his daughter. She just used the video as a YouTube ad for her getting ready for, um, for a race, a very important race to her. And it was kind of a comical video. Mm. She gets all, you know, all dolled up, but she drives a car that's got, you know, a thousand horsepower and uh anyway she used my song uh, we had a mutual friend that um uh-huh. i don't know if she gave her it was my my old business manager i don't know if she gave her the song or or shared it at some point but the funny part is they thought they, they actually thought there was a they sent it to another artist saying hey you know we're going to strike a deal with you and he goes oh yeah that's great what what song are you talking about we're going oh you, you know espn this it's this town isn't it well, he goes, oh, you got the wrong guy. They actually, I think they oh. reached out to the wrong guy. And so anyways, I mean, it worked out for me. Yeah. Um, but it was, you know, it was a really great moment because I just moved to Tennessee and still, you know, as a solo artist, still building my brand. And yeah. to be there, you know, after two months and have a song on national television was uh, was a blessing. Yeah. And so, and this also during this time, for a few years, you were in this band, which I again I had never heard of until I did my research. But you were in a band with the guy, uh, two of the guys from Cinderella called Cheap Thrill, and also I think it was mm-hmm. was the the guitarist from Collective Soul. That band was the uh, drummer of Collective oh, drummer. Soul. Sorry, Janie, the drummer. Yeah, uh, yeah, and it was Jeff Labar was the, was guitar, and then Eric uh, Brittenham was the bass. So, and then you guys did yep. your solo stuff, but also like covers and Cinderella songs. And so, tell us about uh, that band. Uh, well, <clears throat> I had known Eric Brittingham for a long time. He actually played in the Gibbs Brothers for about a year. And um, wow. anywho, so when I moved down there, um, Cinderella had just, I think, wrapped up their last run together. And uh, I was invited to a, uh, it was a sunglasses store, a high-end sunglasses store, uh, to do a to do a, a benefit, to sing two songs at a benefit with uh, Troy Lachetta from Tesla and you know, Eric Brittingham was there, and um, we, you know, hit it off as we always do. And then uh, Jeff was there, and I thought, well, you know what? You know, I have a concept of a, a touring band where we do my 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 thing. We do what you guys do because there's, uh, there's you know, a lot of people love Cinderella, and, and uh, I Absolutely. still do. And yeah. and then we'll get this guy Cheney, uh, who I knew was free. I'd never met him, but I knew he's free. And we'll just, you know, we'll go hit the hit the road, and and boy did we, and we hit the road, and um, <laughs> did you guys man, tour a, a crazy time? Besides, did you? I know you toured nationally. Did you tour outside of the country as well? 
Yeah, yeah, we actually oh. did. We did like uh, 26 days in 26 shows in 30 days uh, in Europe, all different parts of Europe. And um, everyone really liked that band. And it was just a fun, like you just partied when you went to that show. Yeah. And it made us, we kind of had that reputation too. I mean, we would just throw down with the audience and, um, you know, you, you'd get an original song from me and then you'd get, a, you know, Gypsy Road or, or Shine or something like that. Oh. Uh, and just kind of pay homage to everybody's background so it was pretty great it was pretty gnarly and we put on a lot of freaking miles i mean we were always on the road we never recorded together um ever and i you know it's just one of those things where we just we hit the gas pedal on touring that's what we decided to do and three years of that i believe and um great great times yeah so then 2014 uh tracy guns and and ricky rocket uh, see each other at a jam, and someone they joke, "Oh, you guys should form a band, Guns and Rockets." And they think, mm, "Maybe we uh, we should form a band." So they form Devil, Devil City Angels, and they give you the call. And you said it was kind of like that movie Rockstar with Marky Mark or Mark Wahlberg, or whatever. But you said it was kind of <laughs> like getting that kind of call where you're like, "Oh wow, like I'm gonna be the front man for this band of like uh, basically a super group." Uh, with Eric as well. Eric uh, Brittenham was also in that, subsequently replaced by Rudy Sarzo, but. Um, so, t- mm-hmm. I mean, was that like, was it really the, I mean, cause you're already playing with the guys from Cinderella and collective soul, but that was like, you felt like that was more of a step up being in devil city angels. Well, here's the deal. I mean, I, I did, we toured so much in cheap thrill and I got to a point where I'm going, okay. You know, like I said, we didn't record. I recorded on my own, but the band yeah. didn't record and it was nothing against any of them, but I was ready to take the next step in my professional recording career. And, uh, and as Brandon or, or, you know, just, and it, it was time, it was time to, yeah. honest to God, it was time to put, to, uh, to close the book on that band. Um, and, and not, you know, there was no backstory. It was just time, time for me to move on. And, um, anyway, so the, I remember doing this, my parents came down to Tennessee and they're at my house and I, uh, remember, you know, quitting the band and, and it was sad. I mean, I was almost in tears saying that this is it because it's something we built and the miles mm-hmm. that we put on. But uh, sometimes you just know that it's time to turn the page and there's no drama or anything behind that. You just know that it's the next step. And and we made a good living doing that. And so I was in the house and I, I told uh, I, the powers that be that I'm, I'm done. And my parents went out to my SUV to get in. I was going to take him downtown Nashville and I was scared. I thought, man, did I really just do this? Okay. So I jump in the, the car and trying to act happy. And I go, Oh, well, I forgot my cell phone, ran in the house, got my cell phone. And I had a message from Ricky uh, rocket who I've known for many years. And he says, Hey, you, me, Tracy guns, let's talk. And so um, when I got home, Ricky and I started talking and uh, he's like, do you know Tracy? And I said, well, I've, I've been on show bills with Tracy, but personally, no, I have not. I don't know. I know of him, but I don't know him. And he goes, well, he's actually a real smart individual and uh, he likes your voice and we don't know what we're doing yet, but we want to put something together. Are you interested? And I, I said, well, man, you caught me at the right time. I am definitely interested. And do you want, you know, are we doing recording? He goes, we just, you know, we like the way you look and 
I've known you forever, and I think this is I think this could be good for you, and it could be good for us. Yeah. And at that time, to be honest with you, the bad part was there was no mention of Eric Brittingham. Right. So, so I'm in all these talks, and I'm like, this is tough because I hadn't I've been playing with Eric for so long. Mm -hmm. You know, now we're gonna go our separate ways. I'm gonna miss him. And uh, anywho, Eric, you know, I told Eric about the whole deal, and and I think he was kind of like, oh. Well, that sucks. I mean, cause we're pretty tight. And, uh, anyways, we're at a, him and I, I took him to like a car dealership where they have all these muscle cars and things just hanging out, no music talk, no nothing. And, uh, rocket called him and said, Hey, why don't you think about joining this thing? They got brand Brandon in and he agreed. And so it was like a week later, him and I were, you know, we were flown out to Los Angeles to, to start the meeting. And, um, that's really how the whole thing started. It was kind of, it was actually pretty easy. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah, I love that album. You guys sold a song to Monday Night Football again, so there's more money coming there. Mm-hmm. And then you toured all across the country. Unfortunately, I didn't get to catch you, so um, maybe you guys will get back together. I don't know. But I got to ask. I don't want to go full TMZ here, but I got to ask, mm-hmm. are you and Ricky cool now? Because there was a little bit of a Facebook uh, battle between the two where you just said the band was inactive, and he was saying it's inactive because I got cancer. And then you guys kind of went back and forth, which seems out of character for him. Um, I mean, out of character for you too. I mean, for both of you, it seemed like, I was like, this is kind of weird. So do you guys kiss and make up or what's the story there? You, you know, I mean, we're both passionate individuals sure. and I, I hate almost being asked sometimes about the the group because it, the, the band was kind of lightning in a bottle and mm-hmm. it, and it went away um, rather quickly as it came in. And there is sometimes no, no easy way to say it that it it's inactive and you have to do things it, it, mm-hmm. it comes out it comes across like a slam you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. and it isn't meant to be that way no that's exactly so, that's what i thought when i saw it you you seemed very uh matter of fact like the band's inactive so i'm gonna go do this it didn't seem like you were slamming it and but i think he took it as like you saying like you know that they, they yeah like he took offense to it basically right he uh, he did he took offense yeah. to it and you know that's uh that's the computer and that's text i mean i i had been you know since since devil city angels kind of stopped i have been doing nothing but my own thing and enjoying mm-hmm. it sure. so it really to me it didn't seem like it was something that was that surprising i guess that that you know, it's inactive and we have to, like, I'm working on this right now. Right. And I truly didn't mean it to upset him. Right. And when he, uh, when he read that, I think it did. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, you know, it's, it's a bunch of garbage because him and I are, you know, we we have so many common interests and things mm-hmm. like that. We just, uh, we just put it to bed and it's like, all right, I misread you. Hey, what's okay. I mean, him, him and I do that uh, okay. a lot. And, that's, sure. you know, when you're around, not a lot, but, you know, we're passionate people. It could be about a UFC fight. It, you know, we're both <laughs> big MMA lovers. Really? And, okay. And he, he, yeah, he's in he's in the throes of jujitsu and uh, real good at that. And so, I mean, it's just it's kind of a rocket Brandon thing. If we did, if we yeah. disagree, we we it takes a minute for us to one of us to go, OK, well, I'm wrong or whatever. And. And usually we're just, I don't know, we're, we're just kind of like, uh, I don't know, brothers in that, that regard. Okay. And the next, you know, the next day it's like, 
hey, dude, um, let me ask you this. What do you blah, 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 blah. And, and, <laughs> so and you guys don't up. hold so, yeah. grudges. You guys get, you no, moved I mean, on. You moved on. Okay. So that's, that's all I just yeah, want to and, make and sure we, you guys and are cool. We both felt a little foolish because it wasn't, it, it didn't have, uh, I, I felt bad because I knew that I, that it, it definitely made, when he woke up and read that I said that it was, you know, I, I'm doing this because it's inactive. Yeah. I think, it, I think it made him upset and that truly wasn't my intention. And so right. anyways, to answer your question, uh, him and I are, you know, perfectly fine. He actually, cool. we text about music and bands and and who knows i mean he asked me the other day if we ever get devil city back you know what's up and i was yeah. shit man i mean i just like working with you so absolutely um you just tracy's a little busy open. with la guns but yeah yeah no he's doing his thing and you know you never know um i, I just think that you always keep uh you always keep doors open and when everybody has the time Mm-hmm. Uh, could could be a perfect time to hit another run or, right. or you know, or what about uh, yeah? What about the the special guest that whole? It was like basically mm-hmm. Poison. It was CC Bobby and Ricky from Poison, and then minus Brett Michaels. But then you were fronting it, um, and you you had talked at <clears> yeah. one point about recording new music with them. Is that something that could still happen, or have you kind of moved on from that idea? Um, well, you know, that'd be up to Bobby, CC, and Ricky. Really, uh, we we had multiple talks about doing you know bobby and i talked about writing music and several times actually Hmm. he had some ideas that he was you know kind of sending me and um just a lot of talk about stuff and and it was actually kind of nice because to hear those guys kind of perk up about new music Hmm. uh and then have me be involved in that because that's that's been a request from their fans for a while right uh, to get in the studio and it's cool too because Brett Michaels, like, isn't like, he's not like, screw you guys. What are you doing without me? He's like, he's sending you a video the other day. I saw that he's like, Hey, Brandon, mm-hmm. you rock, man. Like he loves you too. So it's like, it's cool that you're good with all those guys. And it sounds like maybe they just want to do something for some reason. Brett's kind of more, I think he's more focused on his solo stuff right now. Right. Well, you know, the thing is Brett, Brett's a friend of mine and I, you know, I met Brett and Rob, I met him all at the same time. Yeah. And, uh, I've, I've worked with Brett. I've, played guitar for his band a few times um in a pinch you know he's a friend of mine and when i took that gig to be in the special guest you know i just i was like well i'm not gonna mimic i'm not gonna be you know a a douche that way Mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. these guys have a legacy these people that are here tonight are here to see these guys okay so i know that yeah uh let me give them the best show i can while singing their material you know mm-hmm. what i mean absolutely and um so i just took it like that and i think fans really dug it because i wasn't trying to pull pull away from their their memories of what they were and are still i was just you just saw four guys who wanted to book some gigs and it kind mm-hmm. of it really kind of was that simple and I, I just watched everyone have a real good time with it and you know it's one of those uh kind of a you know a, a bookmark in uh my career because the song, I mean, song after song after song, whether I, I grew up listening to them or not, every, you know, they have so many hits and so many wonderful songs yeah. that people just, you know, singing every rose or something to believe in. You just watch people kind of go back time where, you know, it was all good, man. Mm-hmm. You know, so it was kind of, it was oh, kind yeah. of a thrill, I'll be honest. Yeah, that's very thrill. cool. You just need a different name. I, I never liked the special guy. Call it like Cyanide or something. I don't know. But uh, let's oh, talk. Oh, man, I... <laughs> What? The thing with special guests, is, I tell you, the special guests is we 
The problem was we couldn't come up with a name. Because everything's taken, all the poison cover bands and tribute bands. Well, again, I didn't want I didn't want them to do that. Anything to do with you know poisonish, I guess. But don't call it that poison or don't do that because I I don't want to be in that spot. I'm gonna do my thing when we all get home. So the promoter uh, or the guy that helped us kind of start it, he said, "All right, you're special guest." And then it was like within an hour Ricky had a drum head printed with a question mark on it. Uh, I never was a fan of it, but yeah, the, the yeah. name I thought we could do better, but sure, it was sure. only because we had gigs booked yeah. and we're like, it's crunch time. So like that is yeah. like a special. Well, game. yeah. I mean, if you did do go forward with it and record music, I'm sure you guys would come up with like an awesome name. I, I love this. The name devil city angels. I don't know who came up with that, but that was great. Um, speaking well, of- it was actually angel city devils or some crap. And uh, we just started, I mean, none of us were going None of us were doing backflips over it. And I don't know if it was Tracy or someone. We had to spit it backwards. And we go, all right, that's it. Yeah. You know? And I like the and logo, it too. It'll, branded. Yeah. The logo is very cool, too. I like that. So, um, oh, yeah, me too. But speaking of cool names, I love the name of your new single, Rain Whiskey. So now I was always uh, really bad at, like, literary interpretation. I got to see in English lit and all that stuff. So I just got to ask, is the song about drinking whiskey or is there like a deeper meaning? Like the whiskey is the metaphor for the blood of life or, or is it just about partying and drinking whiskey? <laughs> um, it's, you know, rainy whiskey. When I wrote that song, see my friend, uh, this guy that guitar tech me for a little bit and he goes, you know, you, um, you covered a lot of ground musically, uh, you're an emotional songwriter, you know, and you can get, you can get down and, and do real well with your words. He goes, well, one thing that you that you need to do, in my opinion, he goes, you're a likable guy. Uh, you, you know, you like to, to party and hang out with uh, your buds, and and you're you're fun to be around. He goes, have you ever thought about that? And I said, oh, I just never considered myself that that funny or fun. I don't know. And he goes, no, it's you're, you know, people like you because of of your personality, and and it's so stressful um, at times where you got the nine to five and paying bills and all getting the kids where they need to go and, or whatever, uh, holidays. And sometimes people just get so wrapped up in the day-to-day thing with it. When they put their feet on the floor, they're instantly going, here we go. You know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I try and, and in my daily, you know, routine is I try and check in on people that I love by a joke or whatever. And, and basically just cut the tension. I think it's perfectly okay. Like my concept was, we're going to pull into a town where everyone's, got the suit and tie on and give them permission <clears throat> to uh to let loose and it's okay if you feel bad the next day because you only live you know we're not here for a long time we're here for a good time and i just think if people you know if they let their shoulders down loosen the tie get a drink or whatever your fancy is but make sure that you enjoy the moment and have a good time um it, you know it it takes the stress off you can get to get through the work week oh man that was something i i had fun i truly did have fun yeah so that's oh. that's it's not necessarily about selling booze, um, but um, it probably will sell booze at shows. I'm pretty certain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's your favorite kind of whiskey? Are you are you a whiskey guy? Um, <clears throat> not as much as I used to be, but I'm telling you, this last run, I, I just like before I go on stage, I just like a good Jack Daniels and sip that thing down, kind of warm up the pipes, and mm-hmm. uh, unfortunately. I can have quite a bit of them. <laughs> I can have quite a few yeah. of them. 
but uh, uh, you know, it's you're still pretty young, only thirty four, right? So yeah, you got you could still you still got a few more years of partying, I think, before you. Oh well, you know, I try and keep it. I try and keep it between the lines. I'm actually not that much of a hard alcohol drinker. I, I really. Like I'm a I'm a Midwest boy, so a, a beer is perfectly yeah, fine. But yeah. but we when we gotta tune ourselves up real quick and get in the mood, usually a Jack Daniels is is right on the money. Awesome. So now is that you doing the solo on the song? I was gonna ask you that because it, it's it, there's a there's a really good guitar solo on that single. <clears throat> yes, that's me. Oh, very cool. Yeah, because I I saw a video of you. I, I I think this was right. You were doing YouTube on YouTube. It was you playing Van Halen's Eruption. And it was like spot on. I was actually really impressed because that is not an easy song. to. It's not like Hotel California or something. I mean, you were doing right. Was that you doing the tapping and all that? Oh, uh, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, like, the, the thing is, I've been uh, a lot of people forget, you know, because I front I, I fronted. Uh, that was the job. I fronted Devil City Angels and I was more or less rhythm. Right. Uh, so Tracy could do his thing. Um, I, you know, I soloed here and there during the set, but really he was the lead guitar player Mm -hmm. and I was, I was just making sure I was putting texture on what he was doing. Um, so a lot of people just forget that that was my first love Mm. and I was a guitar player in the Gibbs brothers. I was not the singer. Right. Was your brother the singer? He sang from the drum kit. He did. Yeah. That's a hard thing to do. That's, I'm very impressed with people that can do that. It's a hard thing to do. And and visually it kind of looks a little weird, but, uh, you know, cause people are used to like yeah. the V center guy. Sure. But it, to me, it just kind of showed an extreme amount of talent. On Absolutely. His yeah, I agree. So yeah, that was, that's my guitar playing. And, um, you know, I, I very much enjoy at my shows showcasing what I learned over the years and, and, um, I don't know, making sure everyone hears it. Yeah. So when is, when can we expect the, is there, I'm assuming there's going to be a full album. This is just the single. No, what we're trying to do with uh, my label, Golden Robot, is, you know, they, they truly believe in a singles market. Mm. And I'm, you know, I, I guess that I'm going to let them do what they do best yeah. and direct, you know, direct what we need to do. But right now, as I've kind of resurfaced as Brandon Gibbs, the solo artist and songwriter, right now what we're doing is releasing a song here release some song there and it, it all will go up to a full album uh where you can buy a physical copy of it but right now we're just putting hey this is what he's doing now you know he, devil okay. city is yeah. is in this category and this is what he's doing and so yeah we actually have a follow-up song that i'm really excited about and i can't wait for everyone to hear um crazy crazy stuff happening on the follow-up as well so very cool okay yeah because it's interesting like you know, I think when music rock started, it was the singles, like the Beatles, it was all about the singles in the 50s and 60s. And then kind of the 70s and 80s, it was about the albums. And now it's going back yeah. to the singles. So, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, yeah, I, you know, to be honest, I wish that we, I wish people, um, you know, I mean, I, I wish people still bought CDs. I thought that was cool because you mm-hmm. get the pamphlet with the lyrics or the pictures. And I just remember being so excited when I was young to, you know, go buy like a Velvet Revolver CD and unwrap it and, and whatever and um now it's everything's digital yeah and i'm trying to go with the times but yeah. it's uh 
it is what it is, and yeah, we'll, I, we'll just see. Well, I think there's other cool mer- – like, I think part of the, the appeal of vinyl is kind of coming back. I think part of the appeal to that is just, like you said, like having, like, a pamphlet or, or packaging. And the thing with the vinyl is you get this giant, you know, piece uh, – you know, it's a lot of packaging and stuff. And maybe people don't really actually listen to the records. They listen on the digital, but they like having all that, uh, you know, material to look at the pictures and, you know – all that kind of stuff is my thought. I don't know. Yeah, I mean now it's like you got the single, it's it's on download, and then you got all their social media for the pamphlet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. But uh, I still, you know, I still enjoy uh, someone getting out a CD booklet and going through the CDs, or uh, out, you know, I have some albums and stuff. I still enjoy all of that, and I hope actually with Devil City they did a real good job. <clears throat> they put our record on vinyl, and oh. they had different colors. Uh, I think one was an orange one. I, I got my dad one for Christmas. I don't even have one. Can you believe that? <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's yeah, you, you get signed, get. you get five CDs, you know, oh, or something like that. That's it, huh? But they did a real good job with that packaging. And so oh. I I hope that this uh, this venture with this label, maybe yeah. we could look into that at some point. So do you, do you look into that other kind of marketing aspect of being a musical artist nowadays? Because you only sell so much from the, the digital stuff and you only get so big of a piece from digital with iTunes. I don't think it's very much. So do you look at like merchandise, like t-shirts and bumper stickers? And then are you doing like the meet and greets? Do you charge for that or? Uh, you know, yeah, we, we, here, here's my thoughts on the meet and greets. Um, I don't personally enjoy people paying money to mm-hmm. come and hang out with me. Yeah. Uh, I don't have that kind of, uh, I just don't have my brain wrapped around it yet. And that doesn't mean that whoever's doing it is wrong because they're not. Yeah. Uh, Cause like you said, either, you know, your some of your main incomes have been stripped, either stripped away or, or nailed down uh, very in a, in a very narrow way. Mm-hmm. So you have to do something. So <clears throat> what concept I came up with on this tour I put together called planet X is if you're going to come to the meet and greet, you know, we're going to get out the acoustic guitar and we're going to sit and talk with you, and we're going to play a song that will not be in the set. Oh. And so for your whatever the, the package, let's just say it's $20. For your $20, you get your photo, you get a poster of the group signed, you get to hang with the group, and then you get to hear something that everyone else out in the audience won't won't be hearing. And it could be an old you know an old song from your catalog or one oh, that you just came cool. up with. Like a bonus. And okay. so, it, yeah, I just try and make sure everyone gets some – some bang for their buck yeah. and, and, it, and it helps us too. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Well, that's to, the thing uh, is like, cause if we post a picture with you and then I post, Hey, here's Brandon Gibbs. Like I'm advertising for you. If I have 800 friends on my Facebook, then 800 people saw sure. it, got a free advertisement. So I always think that's smart. Absolutely. Yeah. 20 bucks is ma- some of those things are just like, they're so ridiculous where you're just going really a hundred dollars for this. Like that's, that's a lot of money. So. Yeah. And, and don't, and, and our fans are so great because they, you know, it's, it's something that they want. Like we had, I was in Vegas last week, I believe, or two weeks ago. And, you know, people, people that have paid for these meet and greets, um, in which we performed and hung out and gave them our time, uh, you know, they have no problem buying a ticket to go mm-hmm. to Las Vegas and just take their wife and hang out. Um, because now they feel connected with you. Absolutely. And, and, and in, in a way, when you do it as much as we do and, are gone as much they kind of become family it's like ah you know and so um it's just a cool you know yeah. meet and greets i i just i just enjoy giving them everything we can for that short amount of time yeah i noticed that a lot of people kind of shy away from the term rock star but 
listening to interviews mm-hmm. you've done, you're not afraid to embrace it, which which I think is awesome because I grew up with rock stars. So I think people in rock bands are rock stars to me. Now, who who do you think are the hottest rock stars right now besides Brandon Gibbs, of course? <laughs> oh, you know, I, I was just seeing a thing uh, the other day. Uh, someone posted all these things about these great artists, you know, leaving. And, yeah. you know, we've had some great, some really, really great, amazing teachers. And um, it's hard for me to, it's hard for me to pin it down. Um, but, you know, obviously I'm, I'm a, I, well, I'm a huge Foo Fighters fan. I think Dave Grohl is, is the, just the perfect example of what a rock star on stage should be. Uh, oh, he's yeah. entertaining. Uh, Such a he's cool energetic. Guy. He's funny. He, you know, I laugh at. I'm able to laugh at some of, of, of. You know, I've never actually been to his show, and my friends have. I'm, I'm looking at videos. I'm laughing with him, mm-hmm. and it's like he's got a sense of humor. Um, and and I think I think at the end of the day too, he's got a good heart. Yeah. And uh, I seen somewhere where he was grilling for some uh, some emergency workers. You know, grilling burgers and helping them out. That's that to me is a rock star. That's that's a good man up there. He's a badass in all realms. And so, you know, Dave Grohl would be my probably my top pick for what I would call a rock star. And I know a lot of guys are not, they don't like that term. And sometimes mm-hmm. I kind of shy away from it. But at the same time, it's like, it's so funny listening to kids. Like my daughter, um, she doesn't know what to say to her friends about what I do. She just goes, <laughs> oh, well, he's a rock star. <laughs> you know, my dad's a rock star. That's and cool. so. It, it's just I I don't take it too serious. Yeah, I guess no. is what I'm saying. If, if yeah. that's what people call it, then 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 call it that. Sure. That's your, so you know that's your thing. Yeah. So speaking of uh, other terms and not being too serious, what do you think about the term hair metal? Because there was a big discussion on Twitter the other day with uh, Eddie Trunk and Ricky Rockman. They were kind of chiming in. To both, they both said they hate the term. It's offensive. Now, are you offended by that term because you played with guys in Cinderella, L.A. Guns, and Poison? So I mean, that would definitely be considered hair metal. I mean, what do you think about that term? I really don't think it's that bad. I, I uh, you know, that was, there's just a way to group it all together. Yeah. You know, I don't think it's a slander on their, their songs um, or anything like that. I mean, it kind of was hair metal, to be honest. It, you know, well, look, the, their music was great. And, and along with the music, they were pushing fashion at the same time. <laughs> Who could be the most ridiculous? Yeah. And, I mean, you know, yeah. and there was, Poison There's is the epitome of hair metal, is it not? I mean, but I loved it. I thought it was great. I mean, it was oh, fun. I mean, it was they, fun guys times. had all kinds of hair. Yeah, it really was nothing but a good fucking time. Like, it was just great. So, I love it. It was so cool. And I, you know, I don't, when I'm with them, I will, ne- you know, I'll never chalk it up to that. But I think a lot of the guys, I mean, let's face it. Like, they'll say, uh, we're going to go take it back to the strip. Uh, people can use that term, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Hollywood, uh, strip. It's just like it was on the strip back in the day. I don't think that's offensive, no, you know? Um, no, absolutely. I guess if someone, I, I, I don't know. I mean, you could look at me and go, yeah, he's tattoo metal or something. I, <laughs> I don't know. I just probably roll <laughs> my eyes. Tats, yeah. Um, so, you know, yeah. Hollywood is, that's kind of one scene. Um, so a couple cities that I've been to recently, I got to get your opinion on this. Um, cause I know you live in Nashville and I, we, I went to Nashville for the NFL draft and it was insane. I loved it. I've also been to mm. Austin. Um, how do you, yep. what do you think, uh, the music scenes compare in cause Austin, that's where Stevie Ray Vaughan's from, uh, your hero, but then you live in Nashville. Yeah. I think Nashville 
was like Austin on steroids, right? I mean, because I went to these bars and there were four stories and every story was a yeah. different live band. Is it always like that or was that just for the NFL draft? No, it's always like that. Oh, uh, always wow. like that. I mean, I would actually prefer, uh, you know, it, when people ask me where do I go to, to get into a scene. Um, yeah. Of course, Nashville and Austin has always had a scene. I remember C.C. DeVille when I was like 15 years old. He goes, you got to get down to Austin and just, and just check it out and we were, you know, we would eventually start doing like little festivals, and tw- I think we did a twins festival near Austin at one point. Yeah, like it's just booming, and of oh, course yeah. Nashville. I mean, Nashville's so huge now. Um, you know, a guy can, you know, it's a big little city, and mm-hmm. you go there and you start making connections and writing with people. It really, this the big old city starts to become small, you know, and of course uh, all the all the guys that play in different bands, you know, they they go out and to bars. I mean, really, the bar scene is kind of where you start your networking. Mm-hmm. So, so it's a it's a beautiful thing. It's it's how Nashville's built. Is I hope if I get here, there's enough people in the scene that I can start rubbing elbows with, and we'll see where this goes. That's you really know? cool. Yeah, very awesome. So, the best advice that you got, um, you said, was from George Thorogood. He told you, here's the formula for success. Make it happen. And in other words, you kind of explained it as get off your ass, stop feeling sorry for yourself, and go get your dream. Do you feel like that advice still applies? Oh, absolutely. He actually said, uh, he pulled me backstage, and he goes, uh, you, you want to know how to make it? And I'm like, oh, my God, he's going to give me a set of golden keys when I leave here. <laughs> when I leave this yeah. meeting with George – Uncle George Thorogood. Yeah. When I leave this meeting, I'm gonna have the tool. I'm gonna have a number to an agent. I'm gonna have a number to the to the label, the right manager, and I'm going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please tell me. He goes, go figure it out. And I go, oh. <laughs> and, and he and he uh. he told me a story about you know he was in his mom's basement and yeah. and she basically said, hey dude, it's it's now or never. Go 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 make it happen and. And he did. Yeah. That's great advice. Yeah. Because there's, there's gotta be those times where you definitely get down where you're like, Oh, maybe this isn't going to happen. Or, you know, maybe that was the end and and you just want to give up, but something pushes you to keep going. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, we all have it. Uh, It's just like any other business you have, you got a hot streak, right. Your Mm -hmm, product is mm -hmm. selling real well. And then all of a sudden everybody's used to it. And then, now you're just kind of a soft, uh, a soft punch in the shoulder for right this second. And that time, when that happens, and it's happened to me several times. I mean, uh, after the special guest, it was like, all right, now I need to start doing this. And it, it took a second uh, for me to to figure out where I wanted to go. And and anyways, so yeah, it happens, and it can be depressing, and you can find yourself, you know, going, all right, I'll just, you know, I made money in the past, I'll just watch Netflix all day. And that's when you can get real depressed. And so you need to, if you're not in front of people making things happen, then at that time you need to go behind the scenes and create your next thing, create your next, how uh, come out swinging again and reinvent. And if that means taking a break from being in the public eye, then that's what you got to do. Hmm. You just got to keep coming at them and and when you feel down and out and that no one cares or anything like that, that's just their, their attention span is, is not that uh, long. Right. So it's up to you to bring them back to, you know, bring them back to your field. Exactly. It's actually kind of a fun game to be honest. Yeah. 
it can be scary, but it's a yeah. it's a little bit of a chess match. Exactly. Well, you you know, I was going to ask you about that. Are you are you play chess? Are you on the chess with friends app? Yeah, I am actually. What's your score <clears throat> on that? Oh, it's been. I actually haven't. I don't have it on my my new phone. I have it on my old phone. Oh, okay. And uh, I, which I essentially gave to my daughter, and within. Oh, 30 minutes. She had the screen completely blown to pieces. <laughs> um, but I, I, I am, and I got to say, as my, I mean, chess was the chess was a great way for me to learn discipline yeah. and patience because I'm, I'm that's not the strongest thing of mine is patience. And yes. if you can kind of wait your opponent out and see what's yep. going on, and even sacrifice a few, mm-hmm. so you can get to the bigger picture, uh, it almost kind of applies in my daily life and I, I really miss the game I'm not near as good as I was when I was a young man I had a big big devotion you know I was devoted to devoted is the right word to uh yeah, and then sure. when I plugged the guitar in uh and well my I was at my cousin's house and he had a guitar and he hit the distortion button on his amplifier and I go oh damn okay <laughs> chess yeah. Or that. That's and not I as exciting. I got you. Yeah. If I had that talent, yeah. I put, I took a guitar lesson for a couple of years, but I could just, I, you know, I couldn't get as good as you guys, but I'm always jealous of that. Um, speaking of jealous too, like, a, uh, I'm jealous of, uh, the, these, these two people that was sadly passed away. I don't know if you had an opinion on this Rick Ocasek from the cars and Eddie money mm-hmm. just recently passed. Yeah. Were you fans of them at all? Or do you, you have any interactions with them or, um, I, I had an interaction with the car, um, uh, who was it? Uh, Elliot Easton from the Cars. Oh. But I never met. I never met Rick, and I never met Eddie. And I know Eddie had uh, this radio DJ we used to uh, go on. He would just sing his praises about the first time he met Eddie Money and how well he treated everybody and treated the kids. And um, so, unfortunately, I never had the pleasure uh, to meet those two. And uh, I know that you know their music. Um, their music will live on. That's for that's for sure. Yeah, definitely a lot of hits. So I'm a, I'm a big music fan. I try to keep up with the newer bands, new styles of music. Um, what do you think? It seems like a lot of music now is electronically based and not mm-hmm. as many true musicians playing real instruments. And I think that's like, again, why mm-hmm. I really like Austin and Nashville and seeing live bands and live music. Right. What's your take on the newer styles of pop and electronic dance music? Oh, well, uh, you know, um, I keep my ear to the ground on it. I've been listening to Billie Eilish or Eilish or however she spells her name. Um, You know, I think making beats um, like they do is a, is a real big talent because it's a hook and it's just a whole different world. Uh, You know, I do get disappointed when I see nobody up on stage playing anything Um, Mm -hmm. that, that kind of messes with my head a little bit. You know, and I'm, you know, I'm sorry. It does, you know. Yeah, like, no, absolutely. I agree. I'm, I'm a singer and, and guitar player, and, and it took time. And, and not take away from their talents, what they put on the records. But, yeah, I wish people would, would play the, their instruments. I think that's kind of what we, you know, that's what I signed up for. And, it, mm-hmm. and the other thing is people may say, well, you're just, you're just jealous because pop stars, the pop music, I mean, they get on an almost different level of fame. Um, sure. You know, it's almost it is a TMZ kind of thing. You know, uh, they have a different level of fame because of the, they they kind of grab the right audience with the beats and what's current. And 
you know, I guess I just, I'll, I'll fall where I fall. Um, I don't want to insult anybody, but I, I do say, you know, Foo Fighters, perfect example, mm-hmm. you know, rocking and it's fun and, and it's encouraging kids to play music and pick up the guitar and pick up the drums. Yeah. And they're selling um, out arenas. So, yeah. Oh yeah. You know, that's what I, that's what I want to do. I want you, if you found my show interesting, I want you to pick up a guitar and learn how to play it. Absolutely. And, um, so Speaking yeah, of shows, kind of you got some shows coming up. I think, now, did you already do the show with John Karabi, or is that coming up? I, I thought I saw that, and then I couldn't find it again. Did, was that did you, that already happen? Oh, um, you're talking about October 11th? Oh, is that when? Oh, so and it that, hasn't happened. Okay. It hasn't happened yet. Okay. Um, we're, we're doing a benefit uh, in Green Bay, I believe, mm. and um, the Riverside Ballroom, I think, mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. what it's called. Okay. And so, yeah, we got a real nice group of people, the they call themselves the rocker chicks um, out of green Bay. They put shows together. They put shows together for me for many years. And uh, I know they've done work with John and, uh, and I've known John for a long time as well. So yeah, it'll be real fun. It'll be a real good show. And, and um, we hope, we hope to fill it up. Have you ever thought of teaming up with him? Either like you guys forming a band together or at least going on tour and, and having a kind of a two for one solo deal where you could get, see both of you guys together. Cause I, I'm a fan of his too. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, he's a real, I mean, he's a, he's a nice man. And, and uh, yeah, we've talked about it. You know, we've, we've exchanged, Hey, what if we did some shows together? Because honest to God, when we go out acoustically and it, John was actually playing in cheap thrill for a little bit, I forgot. To mention oh, that. I didn't know that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. After Jeff left, um, John was, our guitar player for I don't know three months or something, and then mm. then Devil City started. But uh, there's a lot of similarities in in our solo show, right. and you know he likes he's a storyteller and and kind of a jokester, and I'm the same way. So I, I think it'd be a real interesting uh, night of music for people because you get to uh, you know we we truly the both of us truly try and entertain, mm-hmm. and if it's laughter, uh, whatever, and so. Yeah, I mean, we thought we definitely have spoke about it, and and who knows, maybe it'll happen someday. Yeah, and speaking of uh, Motley Crue singers, you also have a show in November with Vince Neil, right? Have you ever met him? Or you, that's going to be an exciting show, right? Uh, you know, I know I'm kind of friends with um, the band more than I am with Vince. And Vince and I wow. have done we've been on the same shows, all three or four, and uh, you know, in in passing, he, you know, I don't. He kind of comes in and kind of goes real mm, quick, okay. but um, you know the guys from Slaughter and everything. I mean, those they've always been real sweet to me. And Do you um, like, oh, now I got to ask you about this. Then, so you you're friends with his band. So, have you seen his drummer Zoltan Chaney? That guy's one of the most craziest drummers yeah. I've ever seen. Oh yeah, he's insane. I remember one of the shows we were doing with a special guest in Phoenix, and it's like, where the hell is CC Deville? Where is he? And anyways, <laughs> he was like. And Nat, he didn't care who saw him. He was so enamored with the drummer. Yeah. Like, he, I think he went and asked for a pair of drumsticks. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's what a, like, what a big fan he was. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, he's, he, one of my he's favorite a show drum- within a yeah. show. He, he's like uh, Animal from the Muppets or something. Like, if, you, if you're listening to this right now, go YouTube Zoltan Chaney drum solo. I mean, he just does. He jumps off these giant, you know, amplifiers and falls into the drum kit. I mean, it's insane what he does. It's very visually <laughs> appealing. It's really cool. So um, it's kind of inspiring. I mean, it's right, like yeah. that guy, I, you know, I like, I love working out and, and, you know, night after night on the stage, 
Like, yeah. wow, that was a workout. And then you see a video of him, and you go, okay, I need to up my game a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Are you still doing the P90X? I used to do that, too. We did the uh, P90X Ab Ripper for a yeah. long time. That and then uh, we recently started boxing again. Oh. I used to box when I was younger. And so we started boxing again just to, you know, just for cardio. And I got uh, my wife doing it. And I actually have my parents doing it. Um, uh, I've had neighbors doing it with us. I just really enjoy it, just Very the workout. Cool. And, yeah. you know, sometimes it's not all about hitting the weights. You can still tone up by doing other things. And I found that, that I like that more than being in a weight room. Absolutely. So. Okay, well, I like to always end on a, a charity that is you're passionate about, and you told me that uh, the Free to Love program, which is an anti-bullying and anti-suicide program that you're kind of involved with that. Can you tell me more about that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I, I'm an ambassador for Free to Love, and you know, I started recently going around to uh, high schools and speaking to students about my experience, uh, wow. my ups, my downs, uh, and basically just talking with the students about more or less feelings and expressing feelings and, and, and also just telling them, you know, that, that this is a season and this too will pass. Mm -hmm. And I just trying to give them as much hope and security that uh, they're going to do, they're going to move on to do big things. And these, these, you know, bullies are, are, um, they're just, they're, they're going to, they don't mean anything. And, uh, and we just need to rise above it. And also take care of our, you know, if you see a problem happening, don't let it get out of control. Don't let, you know, we're not yeah. all made equally. We all are, sens we all are, you know, at different sensitivity levels. We all have different things about us that make us unique. And so don't just assume that a kid or an adult or whoever can take the same beating every single day verbally or, or physically or whatever it may be. Don't assume that because uh, someone eventually is going to have a breaking point. Mm -hmm. And I'd like to intervene before that breaking point happens. And Absolutely. so um, way before. And so when I go to these schools and talk, I, you know, I hand out free to love bracelets and just let everyone know, Hey man, the, the wonderful thing about us is we're different. So embrace yeah. our differences Absolutely. and, uh, and just, you know, let them know you can do it. <clears throat> Look, I'm, I came from a small town in Iowa. Okay. Everybody thought, I mean, there was, literally cyber bullying about okay i'm gonna be flipping burgers in two years you know all these nasty things that you read towards you uh, about yourself oh i mean just yeah wow. it was just anybody anybody who could uh who really want i mean anybody who wants to can put whatever they want on the internet and i oh. learned that in the early days and and i got real tough with it for a long time and then sometimes it, it does get you and then you're like mm -hmm. all right uh you know i need some need some strength here and so Hmm. Um, man, I just want the kids to be, you know, school is a spot for them to, to plan their future, make friends. And, and that's it. It does. It, you don't need to be afraid to ever go to school. You shouldn't ever be afraid. Yeah. And, um, that's what I'm trying to bring back if I, if I can, and I will do my best. I think that's great. And, um, just for the record, I, I'm like, I would not bully you. I'm actually really jealous of your life. I think you're, it's awesome. You're friends with the guys in Poison. You've performed with all these great bands. You've written and performed some great songs, in my opinion. Um, you know, you created some really good music. Um, so is there anything else? Your new single is out. Um, we want to make sure we promote that. It's on iTunes, I'm assuming Spotify. I know it's on YouTube, everything oh, yeah. else. Um, and you're on yep. all the social medias, Facebook, Twitter, your website, uh, YouTube, all that stuff, right? 
yeah, you can find me on Twitter, B Gibbs Music. You can find me on Instagram, B Gibbs Music. Uh, Brandon Gibbs Music on Facebook. Um, you know, I, and as much as I can, I really try and personally uh, reply to fans as often as I can because I, I just appreciate the support. So you can find me on all those. Please, uh, please like or follow, and and in return, I'll do the same. Very cool. Will you be sharing this interview with your fa- on your fan page? Or- I would love to. Can you tell me how to? Yeah, how I'll, to, uh... I'll send you a link. Okay. Yeah. Once Wonderful. It, yeah, I'll, I'll upload it and I'll send you the link. So very cool. And then, um, are you? Is there going to be more tour dates added? Is there any chance you're coming to Phoenix? Well, that's where I'm based. I didn't know if there would be a show here. Uh, we're we're yeah, we are coming to Phoenix. We're coming to Phoenix in I think it's January 11th. Oh, okay, but, uh, awesome. I didn't even since, see that on the website. The thing is, since this uh, music, since since I signed this deal and I had to get in the studio I actually put several shows and things on hold so I could one finish my deal and get in the studio and create new stuff so to be honest with you like this last two weeks have been more talk about shows so they'll you know we we did Vegas and Colorado and and um they're just they're just now coming in and and we're we can pay more attention to it now that we've we've put in some work and can release you know, new Brandon Gibbs music. Very cool. So you'll Very see cool. more to answer your question. Awesome. Okay. I can't wait. Well, thank you. I want to pr- uh, thank you so much for taking the time to do this interview. I hope you enjoyed it. I uh, enjoyed having you on. I here. did. Awesome. Very cool. So yeah, if you could share this, that'd be great. Um, everybody go check out fall Brandon Gibbs, uh, his new music, his single uh, rain whiskey is out now. Um, anything else that you want to promote or talk about? Uh, no, I just want to say thank you for thinking of me and uh, I hope to see you guys. Uh, on the road or, or meet you officially. So have a great one. And uh, again, keep rock and roll alive, my friend. Okay. Thanks, Brandon. Okay. Take Bye-bye. care. Take care. Okay. So that was Brandon Gibbs, a solo artist, also from uh, the band Devil City Angels that's currently inactive, but you never know when that may uh, come back around. So check him out uh, online, follow his social media, go to his website. Um, and check out uh, for tour dates because he's probably going to be coming and playing in your city. I would highly recommend seeing him. I've, I've seen, I haven't seen him live, like I said, but I've seen YouTube videos and the kid's really talented. He's got a great voice uh, and performs live. It's not him pushing a laptop button like some of these DJs out there that we kind of joked about. But, um, and I'll, other than that, you want to check out, um, we have a lot of uh, great interviews on the Chuck and Josh podcast, my other podcast with my pod- podcast partner, Josh. Uh, we have like 50 episodes on the Chuck and Josh podcast. I've got, I think this is uh, not episode number nine on the Chuck Shoot podcast. So there's eight other episodes of that. Um, I'm on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff. So oh, we also have a new YouTube channel that I just launched. Uh, I've got a lot of uh, live music there for the people that have performed on my podcast and a couple uh, sound clips of uh, shows that I've done. So uh, check all that out. And uh, thank you so much for listening. Until next time.